Battle Ready Broadcast, believing what it says. It's starting, so you gotta be ready and not ready. I got it. <clears throat> and now. Hi, welcome back. We're joining, we're <laughs> starting a little bit early today from Battle Ready. But I thank you for joining us, and I pray you get your Bibles out, get them open. Let's let's see what God has to say. We're in First Chronicles. We're going to start in chapter twenty-eight. Um, we might actually get through twenty-nine tonight. We might actually get through First Chronicles. How long we've we been on First Chronicles? Seems like a while. It seems like it's been a little bit. So get your Bibles out, get them open. Laura, go ahead and lead us in. So what I wanted to say to you is if you had to go back from, you said we've been in there a little while, mm-hmm. did anything surprise you in the book of First Chronicles? Yes. What? There was a lot of things in First Chronicles that I was not expecting. I saw, I, I, I have kind of read and let commentaries tell me that there's no flaws for David in First Chronicles because it was written to give them a summation of their history, but there still is a lot of flaws in, of David that are maybe not um, elaborated on as some of these other ones. There's new ones, in, I think, in First Chronicles. So that was one thing that surprised me. It also surprised me the effort that went into his not being able to build the temple, but everything he did to get ready for the temple, including motivating the people, getting everybody on Solomon's side, getting everybody ready. And then the picture for me, I don't know where you're going with this, but the picture for me then was Solomon, the son, following after what the father had put in place. So there was a lot of there was just a lot of things. I, even though I'd read Chronicles before, usually we get stopped in Chronicles because it's got a lot of... Repeats. Yeah, and, and not just repeats, but this one led this one and this name and this name and this name and this genealogy and this is who descended from... And sometimes that gets that stalls me a little bit. What did you get from it? Lost. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Let's so, go. So in my, in my mind, in my imagination, especially today, I've thought about the person who just came back from either Persia, right, mm-hmm. or or living in the territory of Babylon that Persia overtook. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing that person, you know, I'm heading back with the pilgrims. Maybe I'm a young woman, young family, or a young man with a family, and I'm headed back to this land, and I get there, and it, it makes me think of, like, Ben right now in school is study, studying Plymouth Colony and Jamestown and these places. Mm-hmm. And what, what strikes you when you read that is you read uh, when, when the pilgrims go and they write about what it was like to land. Mm-hmm. That What they say is there's no, it's like you don't go and then there's a person who says, come on in my house and I'll feed you dinner. Or here's, here's a warm blanket to, mm-hmm. to help you stay. It's like you have this big dream that you're going to go do this thing for God and you were all excited and you got on the ship, but the ship had a lot of trouble and it took longer than you thought and there was a storm that broke the mast and now we're finally there and we don't know if it's safe to be here because we're actually in the wrong spot and then when we get there there's no there's nobody there on the shore that we recognize as friendly making us a meal giving us comfort giving us aid it's just like now what that lost feeling of well i'm back in jerusalem because god said we could go back and nehemiah right Mm -hmm. in his position made it possible by talking to this Mm -hmm. persian king Mm -hmm. and he's he's allowed us to do this thing but what now and where do you even start Mm -hmm. and i can not 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 knowing what to eat or not knowing where to stay or not knowing what's friendly but as a christian in 2023 and the mess we've made and where of we the are. church and the mess we've made away of our nation and the gospel, I kind of feel like I can connect to that guy's heart just a little bit mm-hmm. that's writing Chronicles, right? Because we know that this is written from all the things that came mm-hmm. before that they treasured and took care of all the mm-hmm. way into captivity. Mm-hmm. So they know their stuff and they've got it right and they've mm-hmm. guarded it with their lives mm-hmm. for 70 years. And here they are. He's writing it again saying, okay, this is this is what we need to know. This is the genealogy from Adam to Saul. This is mm-hmm. King David and all that he prepared. This is the temple. This is the plan. But you're looking at rubble. Mm-hmm. Well, he might even be a little later than that. That one writer said that the writer of this book would have seen the temple rebuilt 
But then like we see, if you read, we went through the book of Nehemiah and Ezra, right? We talked about mm-hmm. that. And, but at the end of that, the people are right back doing the things they're not supposed to be doing. So there's the temple rebuilt, but we're in the same boat we were we'll to start with. with. Mm-hmm. So this is this disillusioned person going, now what? Mm-hmm. So do you know what I mean by being lost? I do. Not, I... not that God, when I feel like when I read this book, I know that God has a plan. We are headed toward a kingdom. Mm-hmm. But I need comfort to know that when this just looks as broken as it can possibly be. He's still in control. That he's still in control. And I need to comfort my heart with the promises, not of King David, but mm-hmm. of King Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? A, a loyal heart and a willing mind, I think it's in this and, and God promised him forever mm-hmm. this throne. Yep, forever this kingdom. And the David promise remember, of Jesus. So David never. Ne, ne, excuse me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to stutter. David never forgets that he wanted to build God a house, but God and kind of turns yeah, it around says, and says, "No, I'm going to build you a house, but your son's going to build my house." So, so okay. where do we want to start? Chapter 28. I just wanted to ask you, though. I mean, we we say this in every book, but we say like if you're reading the Old Testament, you're reading any book. We're looking for Jesus. Mm-hmm. What about Jesus is given to us in First Chronicles? Like, what is it telling you about Jesus? He's obedient to the Father. The plans. Uh, he knows the plans. The Father's laid out the plans. I, there's a lot in the here. Jesus there's a lot. This book, you know. I, I think as we read it, it more and more, and I've got things written down. But like, what I, what I'm trying to say is the Jesus that I that we experience right now. What do I mean by that? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we get ourselves in a pickle. We do. That's fact. And we get ourselves far away from where, where the purpose and the plan is sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So in 2023, and in this guy's day, who's writing this down and trying to remember? Okay, now. What were the important things and what were the important preparations and how did God want to be worshipped and what mattered mm-hmm. in the kingdom and what kind of king are we looking for and why did he choose David mm-hmm. and what's the significance of Solomon and all why these did things. Solomon? is like us sitting here today trying to say, what's the purpose of the church? Mm-hmm. How does God want to be worshipped? Who is Jesus to us? Like mm-hmm. what, what kind of king are we under right now? Are we in a kingdom mm-hmm. right now or are we waiting on a kingdom? That's a big question in the church, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is yes. the kingdom now or is the kingdom coming? Mm-hmm. I feel like we're in the same place. What is the church supposed to be doing right now? We're just waiting? Mm-hmm. Do, you think, do you think that, I think I wrote down like a couple things that just occurred to me. I was looking at notes other people wrote. Making plans to wait. Mm-hmm. Here we are, David's going to say for chapter 28 and 29, all the things that he's prepared, but God going, hold on no. a minute. You're not the one to do that. Now, God allowed him to prepare and plan. He even gave David, not Solomon, the specifics mm-hmm. the for how he wants how this temple it. built, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's what it says. But he's he's preparing to wait. Yes, because he doesn't get to right? do that. Uh, to prepare without preempting, without not, you know what? I'll just go ahead and start a little. No. I feel like the whole church... The, the church of God, the true church of God. Are we not just sitting here preparing to wait? We're, we've got like, we're wanting to get as many people in as we can. Mm-hmm. We want to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we're just waiting on our king. Mm-hmm. We're waiting on the king. Mm-hmm. And we're not allowed to start without him. And we can't start without him. But that's hard to do. It is hard to do. That's right? true. Order versus intent. I'm just going to go through that before we read it. Order versus intent. So he lines out all the Levites. He lines out all the mighty men. He lines out how everything is supposed to be. But then we talked about the story of like Uzzah. And we talked about the story of David numbering the people and getting it wrong. Like, is God such a stickler that he's out to get us and out to be a perfectionist and we can never measure up and never come into his presence? Or is God very specifically addressing the intent of the heart? In the last chapter, we talked about the two sons of Aaron being rejected because they decided to do it their way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uzzah was doing Touch it his, his way. way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and David, telling the people, was saying, I know this is wrong, I'm going to do it my way, mm-hmm. even though he's warned mm-hmm. by the wise men around him. To not do that, that. that order versus intent, like what are you meaning to, which one is God most concerned with? 
What do you say about that? I say intent, but I, but I also say even knowing the intent of your heart, if you do it wrong, you still did it wrong, right? Mm -hmm. You can be sincerely wrong trying to do the right thing. So you have to be careful with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, your intent of your heart. It, it, later on, Solomon, or Solomon, David says, uh, when he, and I think it's in his prayers, that, he, that they would keep a, a loyal heart and a willing mind. And I don't know, for some reason, those, that phrase stuck out to me as, you know, a loyal heart, mm -hmm. willing mind. And, and I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. But what's, what are your thoughts on intent versus um, order? Well, like I, I, we talked about this orderly. before, but God is always orderly, and God mm -hmm. tells them what He wants them to do. But it's always coupled with grace and mercy mm -hmm. of the intent of their heart. And what I mean by that is, we have Uzzah who reaches out to grab the ark to not let it fall, maybe a thoughtless motion, mm -hmm. maybe an instinct, maybe whatever that is. And that seems like that was all about the order. But when David puts the ark in Jerusalem and leaves the tabernacle in Gibeon for who knows how long. God has grace about it. Mm -hmm. Same rule book, mm -hmm. same, same same infraction, order. but what was the intent of his heart? The, what we know from these chapters that we have at the end is that the whole time he's preparing to make a permanent place for God to meet with his people. Mm -hmm. And guess what? That place isn't permanent. I just keep thinking, like, not only was Solomon's temple removed, there were several other temples, and then the temple in Jesus' day removed. So what, what I'm trying to say is his kingdom, okay, God, I'm stumbling all over myself, so this must matter. It must matter, okay? but that's right. Take so your time. When, when God tells David, of your kingdom, there will be no end. Mm -hmm. And then the great and wonderful hope of Solomon mm -hmm. ends in a divided, broken kingdom. Mm -hmm. One guy. Next. Mm -hmm. One guy. Right? Mm -hmm. One. <laughs> <laughs> of a kingdom that will never <laughs> okay. end. <laughs> and then from there we have idol worship in the north, ten tribes, and almost all but like two or three wicked kings in the south. We have three captivities, right? We have Babylon and Persia, and then they don't stay free because they're they're captives of Rome and oppressed by Rome, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Assyrians in the north and Babylon in Persia, but the, the, all that's going on. So three captivities. We have when when they have the temple in Jerusalem. That temple falls in AD seventy, like Jesus says it. He predicts that it's going to do. Prophesies that it's going to do. The kingdom physically wasn't permanent. The temple physically wasn't permanent. Do you get what I'm saying? The nation I'm I'm physically getting. wasn't permanent because we have that great diaspora where they're all over the world and there are more Jewish people living in New York than there are in Israel. And we have people back in Israel, but they're not, the majority are secular. They're not believing Jews. They're, mm -hmm. they're just heritage of Jews. Like they're everywhere. Right? But this so kingdom. This, but, this, but the promise is this throne will be forever. This temple is a place I'll always meet with you mm -hmm. when you turn to this spot, mm -hmm. right? What you this people are always my people. I will not lose even one. Mm -hmm. it, I'm trying to put that together because what I think is just like this guy, just I, like sit, the I sit here rolling toward Easter 2023 and I look around and say, God said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. God said the gospel is the answer to what we need. God, God said, said Jesus is coming the back. way I leave is the way I'm coming back. He mm -hmm. said upon this rock that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, I will build my church. And I live in a world that says none of those things seem like they're true to us. They don't seem like that they're that you can count on them, that they're trustworthy, that they actually work. Our problems are bigger than what just the gospel can solve. People say all the time, I've got all these things going on in my life, and this is going on with my kids, and this is going on at work, and this is the problem we're having. And I don't think just telling people the Bible is enough. Right? Yes? Yes, yes. I That's what it. I'm trying to say. Yes, yes. I feel a similar place. Mm -hmm. I understand that. That makes sense. Okay, uh, from where he's writing. And what this guy is sitting down doing is saying, this is how God was faithful in the past. This is what he told us is true. This is how he used men who yielded their lives to him. Mm -hmm. And he's telling a group of people, this is, this is your marching orders. Mm -hmm. If you want God to use you, 
line up do with the that. same thing do the same way and aren't we doing exactly the same thing sitting at this table week after week after week reminding people that God has not lost his power he is not dead he is not slow he is not old mm-hmm. he is going to keep every promise that he made the gospel mm-hmm. is right it's the power of God and, and no the salvation how it looks it's true right? it is true no matter what you think and the key to the whole thing is trusting that what he said he's going to do and I believe him about it. It is the answer, mm-hmm. right? Yes. In a world that says, oh, you know, can't be right. I don't know it that that's that right. Simple. Yeah. I agree with that. So lost. Lost. Not lost as in spiritually lost, but in the confusion of this world, I feel his desperation to tell it right in mm-hmm. a world that maybe doesn't want to hear it right. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's a very. Would you agree I think, with that? I think that's a very good analogy. I think that really took me is. a long time to get it there. It did to get that out. What? It's but. still good, no matter. It's still good, um, and and it's enough for us to. I guess sometimes when you read scripture, especially for me in Chronicles and Kings, when we're in the history part of things, it's hard to find a spiritual something in there. It's just I mean, for me sometimes it's just facts. It's just reading. It's like but the But those dates. facts are him saying, let me show you these real people who believed God and were successful because they did so. And it's kind of what David, right? that's how David prays. Because I, I noticed in David's prayer, and I know we'll probably get there, but there's some things he says that I think, oh my goodness, we should admit these same things. One of the things, and I, it's not coming to my brain right as quick as he it starts should. praying to God in in twenty eight verse nine. If you want to go there and read, but I don't know where you're thinking of. What where they offer things? Um, well, he says to them. He says to them basically, "What we have, you gave us. It's yours mm-hmm. to begin with." And and I don't know where it is, but we'll find it because I it's I okay. read it and I thought that that is. I mean, David has a way with prayer. He does. I, I mean, he really does. So where do we want to start reading? Let's just start. Let's just start at the beginning of twenty-eight, and we'll, we All can right. we can read clear down through his charge for Solomon. We'll just t- just take a minute and read that. And the, you want nine through nineteen? Why don't you, you start at one through one? Okay, one through ten. So this is in First Chronicles chapter twenty-eight, and we're going to start at verse one. And David assembled all the princes of Israel, the princes of the tribes, and the captains of the companies that ministered to the king by course, and the captains over the thousands, and the captains over the hundreds, and the stewards over all the substance and possessions of the king, and of his sons with the officers and with all the mighty men, and with the mighty men, and with all the valiant men unto Jerusalem. Then David the king stood up upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren, and my people. As for me, I had in mine heart to build an house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and for the footstool of our God, and had made ready for the building. But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build a house for my name, because thou hast been a man of war, and hast shed blood. Howbeit the Lord God of Israel chose me before all the house of my father, to be king over Israel forever, for he hath chosen Judah to be the ruler, and of the house of Judah, the house of my father, and among the sons of my father, <coughs> he liked me to make me king over all Israel. And of all my and sons, of all my sons, <laughs> I love that. Line. I love this verse. And of all my sons, all for the Lord sons. hath given me many sons. He hath good chosen, looking sons, strong sons. <laughs> yes. He has chosen right? Solomon, my chose son, Solomon. to sit upon the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Don't you feel he's shocked by that? A little bit. I, I yes. I also he's think we by should that. consider He's not the oldest, he's not the handsomest, he's not the most popular. He's Solomon. He, he's, he's the he's, son of his sin. Mm-hmm. He he I don't know who's dinging on my phone, but he, he's saying Sure of all it's my sons, kids. Solomon. Mm-hmm. I do think that's interesting. No. Um, but I also want you to notice that in verse 2, then David the king. Thinking of. Young David. Young David. David's been ruling now 40 years 40 years Mm -hmm. so he's not young anymore and I don't know I don't know how much effort it took for him to stand up upon his feet to talk to them but it made it a point to say that he stood up upon his it's he stood up upon his feet and said so I'm not sure what that means or how to interpret that maybe there's commentaries that have thoughts on that 
But I think it's interesting that he's he's still the king for right now. He's getting ready to, he, if he hasn't already, did he already do that part, turn it over to Solomon? I think he's, he's getting he's ready to. He's prepared all the people for Solomon. To, he's went to all the le- the leading men and said, you get behind him because I, for my that's, sake. That's my, yeah. You do it because that's my son. Mm-hmm. He said, you, you may have questions about mm-hmm. Solomon, mm-hmm. but do everything he says because God has given me the plan and God has said, this is the one. What he so says get to behind do, do him, it. Do is it. That what he says? Exactly. Kind of. Right, so verse 6, and, and he said unto me, and who's he? He's talking about God. Solomon thy son shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son. I will be his father. I, I, still, I still ponder that. I, I ponder that thought. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever, if he be constant to do my commandments and my judgments as at this day. Wait a minute, I read that wrong. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever if he be constant to do my commandments and my judgments as at this day. Now, therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the congregation of the Lord, and in the audience of our God, keep and seek for all the commandments of the Lord your God, that ye may possess this good land and leave it for an inheritance for your children after you forever. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if I don't see anything right here referencing that, but that sounds like Moses. You're going into a good land, right? It, it makes you think of that. And he tells him in a few verses, be strong and of good courage. He quotes what Moses and Joshua both say mm-hmm. when he speaks to Solomon directly. When he charges him, he quotes Moses and Joshua. That's what it sounds like. But what I hear him say is, listen, <clears throat> you don't have to be perfect. Mm-mm. What you have to do is believe what God said and live mm-hmm. by it. Mm-hmm. Live by that. And if you do that, this Keep kingdom, this kingdom will last forever. And what I think is interesting about that <clears throat> is that's what everybody thought that Jesus came to correct, mm-hmm. because the people that are waiting, those people steadfastly waiting for for the mm-hmm. consolation of Israel, mm-hmm. like Simeon and like mm-hmm. Hannah and like all the people who went out to see John the Baptist, they thought when Messiah comes, mm-hmm. he's actually going to do it the way God said, mm-hmm. and he's going to make sure that this kingdom, this throne. Goes on forever Mm -hmm. because it's a mess and they didn't do anything they were supposed to do. And he says, you know, this will be forever if Solomon will do like he's doing today Mm -hmm. and do what God would have him to do. But guess what Solomon does? He He doesn't do what God would have him to do. And by the end of his life, God says to him, your kingdom is going to be divided because you serve these other gods. He doesn't fulfill it right. And And they think Jesus will. He'll come and make this. And you know, even as God is telling David this, he knows what Solomon's going to do. Right, that's sure. interesting. That and he's te- and he's kind of forewarn. I mean, I wonder how many times he forewarns us because he knows we're gonna what we're gonna do. But he mm-hmm. says, "Keep my judgments as at this day." And he says, "Keep and seek for all the commandments of the Lord your God." So God puts Adam in a garden. Right, mm-hmm. he says, "Adam, all you got to do is enjoy it." Mm-hmm. And, and believe what I said about it. And just don't how it works. do this one thing. Believe what I said about how it works. Mm-hmm. Yes. And enjoy it. And enjoy it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> right? You wouldn't think that would be so easy to mess up, would you? And then God puts Jesus in a garden. Mm-hmm. And he says to him, they totally wrecked it. Mm-hmm. This is my will. And Jesus says, not my will, but, yours but be thine done. be done. So what Jesus says is, I believe what you said about how this works. Mm-hmm. Ultimately. Ultimately. Yes. He says to David... And David shares with Solomon, if you will just believe what I said and live by these words, just do it. And I've given you the temple for sacrifice when you mess up, and I've given you the priest to offer the blood. And and, but if you'll just believe me about the way this thing works, your kingdom will last forever. They immediately don't believe him about what his how his kingdom works, and it doesn't last forever. Mm -hmm. But he says to Jesus, Mm -hmm. right, this is my beloved son. And whom I am well pleased, right? Mm -hmm. Hear ye him, Mm -hmm. right? Jesus understands and believes the Father. He says, the Father, what the Father says, right, is Mm -hmm. is every word that I speak comes from the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm going to believe exactly what he says about the way this place works. And Mm -hmm. what do they expect him to do? They expect him to go back and make this physical kingdom right. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? We're talking about Easter. He comes in, Palm Sunday is this Sunday. Jesus comes in on the foal of a donkey, mm-hmm. right? A young donkey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like that was a little bit humiliating. I hear a lot of conflicting stories about that case, about him coming. This is how he came in. He didn't come in on a white charger like he will someday. Mm -hmm. He comes on in a small donkey. Mm -hmm. And he's received by people who, when he comes in and they think they know what he's coming to do. They love it. They Mm -hmm. throw palm branches and they cry Hosanna and they praise Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. But after he goes in and rebukes people in the temple and says what they don't want to hear and gets in conflict with their spiritual leaders, they go, he's not going to do what we think he's going to do. And the next thing they shout is crucify him seven days later, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Crucify him, crucify him. The the crowd has turned, the mob Mm -hmm. has turned Mm -hmm. against him because he's disappointed what they wanted, Mm -hmm. right? And again, I'm just, I'm struggling to say what I mean. Well, I'm struggling thinking, to say what I mean. Well, I'm but thinking about Nicodemus. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm Again, right it doesn't place. look like anything it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. But remember, Solomon looks exactly like he's supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Not, to, not to interrupt you, but Solomon no, okay. looks exact. He's got all the gold, all the jewels, riches without measure, wisdom without measure, beauty, intelligence, people from all these other nations coming to fall down before him because he's got it all going on. Mm-hmm. And Solomon ruins, ruins it. it. Mm-hmm. Because he's not what they're looking for. Because he's not Christ. He's not, no. And he's not. And Christ is nothing they're looking for. He is what they're looking, he is what they want, but he's not, they're not, he's not what they need. And Christ is nothing they're looking for. But what you said a minute ago about messing it all up and not understanding, what it brought to my mind was how many times in the New Testament does Jesus talk to somebody and say, and Nicodemus was the first to come to mind, second to come to mind, um, are you a master of Israel and you don't know this? Mm-hmm. And then, like, even on the road to Emmaus, after his resurrection, when they're all sad, he's going, you're, you, what's he say? He say, you're fools and slow of heart. Don't you get it yet? I mean, what, it seems like, and if we have learned anything or if we have kind of tried to say anything in all of these Bible studies, one thing always comes back to the top. When we try to figure it out on our own, whatever the scripture is it's almost always completely the opposite of what his intentions were and what he's trying to do and say well there's this time he's sitting there with all these important men all these doctors of the law pharisees sadducees Mm -hmm. temple people all around him trying to trap him Mm -hmm. and these these poor mothers and fathers bring Mm -hmm. their children up right Mm -hmm. And they walk up to, wanting Jesus to give a blessing to their children. Mm-hmm. And the disciples are like, this is neither the time nor the place. Right. We are in an important conference with important men. If he's going to be the leader, right, mm-hmm. he needs to talk to these guys. Mm-hmm. He needs to answer their questions and persuade them that he's the one worthy of their worship and praise. And Jesus says, stop it. Mm-hmm. That's who I want. Mm-hmm. And he goes and gets that child and he puts that child on his lap. And he said, of such is the, the kingdom, kingdom of, of heaven, heaven. right not at it, all what it's we exactly think. the opposite of what you they, they want you to do judas, judas sells him because judas is so mad and disappointed that he didn't do what he thought he judas was says do. he's going to be in power and i'm going to ride his coattails mm-hmm. into power and when jesus doesn't do what judas thinks he's supposed to do mm-hmm. right mm-hmm he sells him to death he betrays him unto death to have the favor of these powerful men because then he doesn't want it then he realizes what he's done mm-hmm. but he but do you do you, are, you got our, me what i'm we're going putting to our priorities all in the wrong place do you not think a lot of christians look around our world today and think lord what are you doing because it doesn't why make sense aren't to me. you <laughs> answering this why aren't you coming right now when I think you should in this instant. Why are you allowing this to go on? Mm-hmm. Why are you putting up? I, I feel like and we, have to we solve can it relate to we that. We have to solve it ourselves because obviously we're missing something. And, and then you have a whole other branch of Christianity, not to get political. Mm-hmm. You have a whole other Christ, branch of Christianity trying to explain Jesus away so he's not offensive. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. See, he really agrees with you Pharisees. He really agrees with you Sadducees. I know he said that, but here's what he meant. Now let's all get along and be spiritually religious together.
I'm telling you, there's a point. <laughs> I'm telling you, the distraction said, there's a point where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going. I know what I feel, and I don't know how to express it. But I know that there is a lot. There's a lot more to this than what we are. And what I feel is that I'm groping in the darkness to understand. Here we have the temple back when this mm -hmm. guy's right. I'm groping mm -hmm. in the darkness to understand why it's all falling apart again. Because mm -hmm. right? it should be better. You should learn your lesson once, right? We should be doing better here. We should know, hey, we're supposed to have this kingdom forever. Messiah's supposed to come and make it right. We've been begging for the Messiah since Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. Chapter 3, verse 15. Mm -hmm. Right? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And I we're agree. either explaining it away, right? Or we're, or we're falling, falling away and getting it. weak and hiding from Or we from say it. it can't possibly be true can't, anymore. We must, it must not be right. we got to figure out our own way. Yeah, we got to do it ourselves. I mean, we, we not to get political, and I really, I should quit saying that because you know what? If the truth is just the truth, and I'm just going to say it. And if, if you're offended, I don't want to offend you. That is never my intention. But my intention is to understand that this is as real as right this second, and that this applies to us. These mm -hmm. people are no different than you and me, and they're struggling with the same things we're struggling with. Mm -hmm. we, had, we had a school shooting this week where all you've heard on the news is why it really was the victim's fault. That's all you've heard is why it was really okay. Because this it's person that did the shooting has been victimized and oppressed and prejudiced against. And, and, uh, and, and you, all you've heard is why, and, and as a Christian, you sit there and you're watching and you're like, Lord, are you going to let them get, get win, away with that? Are you going to let that be the view, right, of Christianity and, and that be how people, we're just going to let them say that, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Are you with me? Yes, I'm with you. You get what I'm saying? Yes, I think we, I or we're in a world, like when he's looking around, the temple is rebuilt. It's nothing like Solomon's temple. They, the guy that's writing this story, when he's getting ready to talk to you about Solomon's temple and write about how the glory of it and the beauty of it, the one that's standing when this is being transcribed, mm -hmm. nothing like that. It says the, the men who had seen the original just stood there and wept. Because right. mm -hmm. they, right? For the, yes. Do you not feel like as a Christian today, sometimes when you think on where the church has been, in our nation before, don't you sometimes want to weep and think about we've lost our influence, we've lost that glory of God, we've lost that closeness, that intentionality, to, that purpose. And we don't know how to get it back. Where'd it go? Mm -hmm. Where are why you? is it going wrong? Where are you? <laughs> why have we missed it and how do we get back? But I think that's why the book of Revelations, I think that's why when the when you go through all the horrible things that are that the wrath of god includes there is something amazingly i don't know i don't i can't put it in words i think you can't hardly you have the put, same problem i'm having you can't put in words what your heart feels or what your emotions <clears throat> tell on you but when the sky opens up and there he is on that white horse you think finally finally you're here you know you start to understand jeremiah's groan mm -hmm. you start to understand isaiah's oh lord how long how long yes how long right how many times do we read that how long yes thoughts you start to understand that and you're like lord we just want to see we want to see you and we want to see the king of kings and lord The whole world to see the kingdom yeah. and see who you are mm -hmm. right yes and and we realize like i think this guy realizes i had a lot of uh, he's looking at a historical figure just what, like we had a lot of hope in solomon yeah and solomon david, failed me i david. had a lot of hope in david david messed up and mm -hmm. i i had a lot of hope in hezekiah and hezekiah was good but then hey he messed up yep they all mess up because they're not God. And what does John say in Revelation? Even so, Lord, come quickly. Mm -hmm. All this trouble is going to come right before mm -hmm. you come. But even so, Lord, come on. Mm -hmm. I want you because I know you're the only one that can make it right. You're, you're the answer mm -hmm. to what the mess I'm in. Yeah. And, the, <coughs> and the church is in and my <clears throat> friends are in and the world is in and the, and the crazy stuff that mm -hmm. we see. Said I read this. This was from the Bible Project. I don't know if any of you guys look up at the Bible Project online, but I thought this one line oh, okay. I wrote down because it struck me. It said, talking about First and Second Chronicles, it says these books were designed to sustain hope, mm -hmm. to sustain the hope and prayers of God's people as they had to wait 
for God to fulfill his ancient promise. And we're still doing I'm doing same. that. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here waiting on the promise. And you know what sustains me is this book. Mm-hmm. This the Not words. Chronicles, the whole book. What sustains me, is my hope and, and sustains my prayers is that God is the same yesterday, today, forever. He has never failed in one thing that he's spoken. He's, he's not held anything back when he gave us Christ. And he, is, he has kept his word to us from the beginning. And I remind myself, despite what it looks like, I'm sustained that he will fulfill his Everything promise. Everything he said. Right? Mm-hmm. But the hard part is the waiting. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very true. I like the way you put that together. I like that a lot. We want to read some more? Let's let's read his charge to Solomon. Let's read verse 9 of 1 Chronicles 28. And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy fathers, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. Hmm. I thought it said loyal. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth. We've said it a million times, but can we talk about perfect heart? Yes. Perfect is not you're perfect. Perfect is you are mature, grown up, mm-hmm. and and you're doing whole, complete. I want your whole heart, Solomon, and I want your willing mind. Mm-hmm. You ha- you have to submit your mind to me, and I want your entire heart. Mm-hmm. Perfect, whole, grown up, mature. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. For the <clears throat> Lord, for the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. And David gave... Can I say another thing? Yes. Do it. To Calvinists. You can say it to whoever you want to. Solomon was chosen by God in mm-hmm. a few chapters before. And what did David just tell him? You were chosen by God. For the Lord hath chosen no, no, no. thee to build a but house. But if you forsake him... He's going to cast He will you cast thee off forever. Just want to say that. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. You were the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Of all the sons, David said, I've got lots of sons. He picked Solomon. Mm-hmm. But if Solomon decides that he doesn't want to stay in that relationship with God, he is not forced to. No, he is not. He's not forced to. He's given free will and sovereignty over that decision that if you forsake god is sovereign overall but in forever. his sovereignty he has given us a choice and he says to solomon you, you don't have to stay here mm-hmm. and if you don't you'll be responsible for the consequences of that choice mm-hmm. go ahead verse 11 then david gave to solomon his son the pattern of the porch and of the houses thereof and of the treasures thereof and of the upper chambers and of the inner parlors and of the place of the mercy seat and the pattern of all that he had by the spirit of the courts of the house of the lord and of all the chambers round about of the treasuries of the house of god and of the treasuries of the dedicated things also for the courses of the priests and the Levites and for all the work of the service of the house of the Lord and for the vessels of the service for the house of the Lord, in the house of the Lord. He gave, gold, he gave of gold by weight for things of gold, for all instruments of all manner of service, silver also for all instruments of silver by weight, for all instruments of every kind of service, even the weight for the candlesticks of gold and for the lamps of gold, by weight for every candlestick and for the lamps thereof and for the candlesticks of silver by weight both of the candlesticks and of the lamps <laughs> what's thereof, that about according to the what well, he's given him everything detail. he needs based yes the every detail single detail mm-hmm. right and he gives it all pure gold for the flesh hooks and the bowls and the cups and the golden basins gold by weight for every base i mean he knows he's got it down why verse 19 and verse 19 says and all and all this said david the lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me even all the works of this pattern again similar to moses why did i have every single detail done because that's because god God wrote it on my heart Mm -hmm. he didn't write it on a piece of paper he wrote it here he He wrote it on me Mm -hmm. and he said and i knew what i needed to do why was the tabernacle built the way it was because that's what god God gave the pattern to moses and David said to yeah, Solomon... Yeah, I think about the fact that he took three chapters and six days to make everything in the known universe. Mm-hmm. But when took. he builds the tabernacle and the temple, 
He takes from Exodus to the beginning of, <laughs> yes. Levit- of he takes Exodus, Leviticus, and the beginning of Numbers. And then when he builds the temple, takes Samuel, Kings, Chronicles. <laughs> yes, to get it all and right. And e- tells me about every teaspoon. Mm-hmm. And every Why? Nut, and every gold Every thing. leaf and every almond and every cow and the, and the golden <laughs> sea. And he tells it. So, so, okay, when you were making the Horsehead Nebula, you went the stars also. We're going to take book after book in painstaking detail. Why? Because <laughs> he's telling us to do it. No. <laughs> why? There's a reason why. Well, why? Tell me why. I really believe there's a reason why. Why? All of that. I mean, if you, the heavens declare the glories of God and the earth, right? Mm-hmm. We, we declare his handiwork. We praise because we see what he's made. And it was like, yeah, I did that. But what's the tabernacle and the temple represent? Son. That's Jesus. Mm-hmm. All of this is nothing compared to what is in Christ. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is just a picture of Christ. This is just a handmade picture of who he is. And it doesn't cover it. Mm-mm. And he slows, let's come to a dead stop. It's all gold. It's all treasure. It's all perfection. It's, it's all, all is jewels. meaningful. It's it all, all matters because this is my beloved son mm-hmm. in whom I am well pleased. That he is going to Dead sacrifice for you. Stop. Mm-hmm. This is worth spending some time contemplating. Mm-hmm. He did, he did, I think just sitting outside and watching the night sky, I sit there and think, what a mighty God. I watched, I've told you this before, but he goes to do where we look at space and we see all the stars and all the constellations. I think he's so big I can't hardly stand it. My heart bursts mm-hmm. with how great and grand he is. But he wants me more impressed with Christ mm-hmm. because Christ is more than that. Mm-hmm. Isn't he? Yes, he is. That's a good so point. So when we read through this and we're like, oh, can you come on? Yeah. But this that, is Christ that I'm thinking about. Every part of him perfect. Every piece, every, every little piece thing, matters. every weight, every service instrument, every everything. Every everything. Verse 20, and David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of good courage and do it. That's twice he has said, do it. Do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will That's be the with part thee. From Moses and Joshua. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. It's interesting. Do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. And behold, the courses of the priests and the Levites, even they shall be with thee for all the service of the house of God, and there shall be with thee for all manner of workmanship, every willing, skillful man. For any manner of service, also the princes and all the people will be holy at thy commandment. Hmm. Now we go into 29, and this is where David... This is where you were talking about the offerings. Mm-hmm. David, furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen... Nobody else picked him. ...is yet young, <laughs> right? is yet young God and tender. <laughs> yep, <not laughs> we only. didn't want him, but God picked him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And the work is great. He's tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for things to be made of gold. And, and then silver. Solomon turned around and made his house twice as big. I know. Go ahead. I remember that. And the silver for the things of silver, and the brass for the things of brass, and iron for the things of iron, and wood for the things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones and of the diverse colors and of diverse colors and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance moreover because i have set my affection to the house of my god i have made i have of mine own proper good of gold and silver which i have given to the house of my god over and above all that i have prepared for the holy house so what what comes after this he's like not just did i lay up all the things that god asked me for but he says, I took out of my own personal wealth. That I wanted to give mm-hmm. something that cost me. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to tell you how the other people in Israel gave until they couldn't mm-hmm. hardly stand. Like, because they wanted to willfully give to this building of what God was going to give. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that everything they had came from God anyway. Well, don't forget, I, we've got to right? read the prayer. We the do. prayer starts at verse 10. 
And so after they willingly give all this stuff and everybody's happy because mm-hmm. they have given, yep. David prays. And he says, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom. O Lord, thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I, and (laughs) what is my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? What an honor. Here it comes. For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. It was yours anyway. We are, for we are strangers before thee, and sojourners, as were all our fathers, our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. So we got kind of in a little debate today in our Bible study at home. We're not in the same exact place, but in our in our homeschool Bible study, we were talking about, like, did we build, did David build the temple for God, or was the temple a gift from God to us? Because you can't really do anything for God. God is self-sustaining. He is self-sufficient. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, all love. It all belongs to him anyway. So when God is asking them to give, God is not asking them to give out of his necessity and his want. Isaiah tells us that. He said, I didn't need anything. I didn't need to eat. When you were offering sacrifices, it wasn't about the meat. Mm-hmm. Right? He yeah. said, I, I didn't need that. It was for you. This, mm-hmm. this was a present to you mm-hmm. to have this so you place, had a place. So that you could understand. Mm-hmm. The abundance and the glory and the gift of God. Mm-hmm. And and what, just like Christ, right? Mm-hmm. The focus of Christ is not that what we can do for Jesus, but what Christ has done for us. Right? The same exact so way. So we even get our offerings backwards. We get our offerings backwards. David said, I get to give you this. Oh, how wonderful it is that you allowed me mm-hmm. to give back to you what you gave to me because that seems silly. That's like a baby handing you their toy. Mm-hmm. You gave them the toy. We talked about that a few lessons back, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You and I'm inviting him into my presence. Well, everything in my presence he made. He is scary. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, so, but I'm, I'm, again, he said, you, but you allow me to be a part of this thing. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. Mm-hmm. And we view it as, what do I have to give him? Mm-hmm. How little can I get by with? Right, and you wouldn't have the church is always trying to get my money. (laughs) No, they're not, (laughs) and it has nothing to do with you taking from you. It has to do with what God has given you. Mm -hmm. Right, I agree. Verse sixteen. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name cometh of thine hand, and is all thine own. I just, I I don't know. I like it that David recognizes where it really came from. Mm -hmm. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now have I seen with joy thy people, which are present here, to offer willingly unto thee. You know, it's interesting because in this giving, they're not moaning. They're not sad. They're rejoicing. They're rejoicing. They're blessed. They're mm-hmm. happy that they were able to do such a thing. Verse 18, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people, and prepare their heart unto thee. And give unto Solomon, my son, a perfect heart, to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, and thy statutes, and to do all these things, and to build the palace for which I have made provision. It's interesting, isn't it, to think about when they did rebel against Solomon, when the, when Solomon's son Rehoboam comes in and the leaders of the tribes come and say, please stop taking so much. The difference between them here and there. And the difference is when it was came time to build this house that God directed them in, this plan that God made, they're thrilled to give. They're mm-hmm. giving willingly and voluntarily mm-hmm. and of their, their joy Mm -hmm. And they consider it a blessing and honor. But then Solomon doesn't stop. Mm -mm. Solomon keeps taking from them to build 
his house so, mm-hmm. and his projects and his stables of thousands of horses. Which is exactly and his, what, what Samuel said. That's what they is said gonna happen. Back in the This is what he's going to do. When and they come in and say, Would you lighten up? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because now it's not being given of a willing heart, it's being demanded. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. And there's a difference. And it's not for a purpose that they can all get behind and appreciate, it's, it's for things that they think are a waste of money. Mm-hmm. Right? It's too much. Stop. Okay, you've got all that stuff. Now stop. Mm-hmm. And he won't stop. Difference between the real king and the people king, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How God, God has poured out blessing on them, and they give a portion back. But King Solomon, right, mm-hmm. is taking mm-hmm. without pouring out. Mm-hmm. Man's kingdom versus God's kingdom. The physical kingdom versus the spiritual That's kingdom. That's a good point, too. Right? You're just full of good points today. you got to help me out. <laughs> you are doing good. Verse 20 <clears throat> of First Chronicles 29. And David said to all the congregation, Now bless the Lord your God. And all the congregation blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed down their heads and worshiped the Lord and the king. We got it lined up. We willingly gave. We praised, we are thankful, mm-hmm. we worship mm-hmm. the king. And they sacrificed sacrifices unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings unto the Lord on the mor- morrow after that day, even a thousand bullocks, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs with their drink offerings and thousand and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. Now, I know we're not there yet, but when we get to... heart of the people where where great gladness Mm -hmm. they eat and drink before the lord with great gladness that's what it says verse 22 and did eat and drink before the lord on that day with great gladness and they made solomon the son of david king the second second coronation and anointed him to be you know what to the lord to be jesus is going to have two also he was king the first time Mm -hmm. and he said to them if my kingdom was of this world but he also said you know they have a king Mm mm-hmm Right? Mm-hmm. I am the king. Solomon, he, Samuel said, said, are you a king? Yeah, you said it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. He was king the mm-hmm. first time. But there's a second time they, they coronated the king. there is no doubt. And, and the king in that kingdom, right, mm-hmm. will meet all expectations. Mm-hmm. It's not that he didn't the first time. It just they, We were ignorant. We were blind. We were stupid to know what he was doing until he revealed himself to us. He had to accomplish the purpose of God to, to offer mm-hmm. salvation. But when they see the king of kings in his next coronation, there's no doubt who's the king. It's unmistakable. No doubt who the king is. Right? Verse 23. And then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David his father and prospered and all Israel obeyed him. And all the princes and the mighty men and all the sons likewise of King David submitted themselves unto Solomon the king. And the Lord magnified Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel and bestowed upon him such royal majesty as had not been on any king before him in Israel. Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel, and the time that he reigned over Israel was forty years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron, and thirty and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. And he died in a good old age, full of days, riches, and honor, and Solomon his son reigned in his stead. Now the acts of David the king, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, in the book of Nathan the prophet, in the book of Gad the seer, with all his reign and his might, and the times that went over him. It's sad that you get to hear it, and David's gone now, right? I don't know. That makes me a little sad. So we started with... Saul, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then we have a King David who is just not a perfect man, but is a man whose heart is after God. Mm-hmm. Who and asked for direction. That don't forget what he did, though. Don't forget, Dave, don't forget what David does. What makes him a man after God's own heart? You know, because we see so many flaws in David, but what? what is it? I, th- I think it's a couple of things. I think it's that he seeks God on things. He asks, should I go up? He inquires of God. Should I do this? Should I not do this? But he never, 
he's not that person to say it's someone else's fault I did wrong. I did wrong. That was me. Jesus says one time about like worrying about what you're going to wear or what you're going to have, mm-hmm. worrying about your needs being met if you're following him because you're going to be rejected by the Jews. Mm-hmm. And he says, Solomon in all his glory. He talks it's about the, the flowers that he It's not arrayed as one of these. And I, which means Jesus is referencing something they all knew that the, the greatness of Solomon and the splendor and the beauty and the majesty of the, this king that would come to represent him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Represent that son that was given by David Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. to be this ruler. But think of how pale and pitiful and insignificant Solomon is compared compared to to Jesus Jesus. Christ Mm -hmm. when the entire universe, like I said a few minutes ago, pales in comparison to the glory of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. The all of creation is is worthless compared to the value of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that second part of the Godhead. We need Jesus to put Christ. him where he belongs. We need you know to quit I mean? trying to bring him down to us and quit trying to make him fit our mold and let him be what he is. David He's... dies. Solomon dies. Mm-hmm. Adam died. Christ lives. Mm-hmm. Getting ready to go into Easter. And Christ lives. Comes. Yes. And in him I can live also. And the last enemy to be conquered is death. And every beautiful thing that we ever did inspired by God to do, we messed up. Every attempt to get near him, we polluted. And when we've done all we've done, we can count ourselves as unprofitable. There's a section we read of in in Revelation. We did the book of Revelation where it said they looked in heaven and they looked in earth, under the earth, and looked all these places to find somebody worthy. And and just to make sure, why is he doing all that? God knows who's worthy and who's not worthy. To make sure you understand there's never been a being created that could do what, what Jesus, Jesus did. Mm-hmm. The it, best of us mm-hmm. cannot do what, what we Jesus need to do did. to make it to heaven. Cannot cannot be. And it's time what to, it takes. It's to time get there. to stop. It's time to stop playing. I mean, we've said that a lot. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm old and I'll die sooner than everybody else, probably. But. It, it's not time to stop. We don't have time to play around and, and, and get to it someday and be right once in a while and it'll be okay. No, it's time. It's, we, the king is coming. The lion's going to roar. I love that. I know Ryan taught that the class. The sun. But I love that. The, the lion's going to roar. The king is coming. This is going to ha- things are going to happen. And when, if you wait until it's too late... You can't undo. And it is not easy to wait. No, I think waiting is the worst part. Because if you are born again, you've got a glimpse of how great he is. I was just talking about this to Emma, who just recently went to the altar. and We were talking on the way here. She was rededicating your life to the Lord. You know what? You can do that as many times as you want to. As many as it takes. And, And you can come. And she was talking to me about how different she felt. And she's like, it's a completely different thing, Mom. She said, I would lay there and I would know that I believed who Jesus was, but she'd say, I didn't feel, I knew it wasn't right. She said, I didn't know where I'd be if I saw Jesus. I didn't know where I'd be if I died. She said, I know where I'd be. And she said, I never did understand when the people in the church would say, I know I'm going to heaven. She said, Mom, I know. I know. And isn't that And I said, that... Is the difference. But but what it is is when you know that and you see the world be so stupid, right? And to, and try and, and to do the things they they're doing and, and say the things they're saying and mock and ridicule. And try and to take it away. Put these things down and you, and you know what you know. It is so hard to prepare to wait. I am wait. He said, occupy until I come. You, you're supposed to be watching and waiting. Keeping your lamps trimmed and oil. And I'm telling you, the, God never commands us to do anything in Scripture that we can naturally do on our own. Mm-mm. His commands are things that we have to be mindful to do. Mm-hmm. I am have to be mindful of the fact. And he had to be mindful that the promises were true, that he had to watch and wait. Yes. Right? It, yes. It, John the Baptist, while he's waiting for Jesus to come in his ministry and he's preaching the wilderness, is mindful mm-hmm. that he has to watch and wait. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. mindful. You have to be. That real. We have to watch and wait. Justin's on here saying you got to be real. You got to be real. You got to believe what he said. You got to hold on to it despite what you see. You got to not worry about everybody else thinking you look foolish because they are foolish. 
The fool said in his heart, there is no God. Our whole world has said that. And listen, it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. Mm-hmm. Because the, you know why? There comes a point. I don't know how to explain this, but there comes a point in history that happens in a cycle. This may be the last cycle that it happens and the Lord come back. Very well could be, and I'm looking for him. But there's a point where you can't pretend anymore. Yes. And the line is drawn. And you're going to be on this side or that side of this issue. And where are you going to be? Where are you going to stay? And you're going to have to decide whether you care to fit in with this world and have their admiration and respect and have them think you're okay. Or if you care about the approval of heaven and you know who Jesus Christ is, do you know who he is? That's what Emma and I were talking about. Do you know Mm -hmm. the confidence of knowing I belong to God, I am covered by the blood, Christ can take care of me no matter what. Do you know, right? This guy had to know to write the book of Chronicles. And we have to know. He has to know know and wait. And we have to know and wait. That's our, that's where we are. I don't think and the we could have ended part. our session any better. I don't think you could have ended it with any, if I'd asked you to end it any better, you couldn't have. That's where we are. That's why we're battle ready. That's why we started this. We're not yep. making anything for ourselves. We are just reading the word, believing what it says, and encouraging you to do the same thing. Keep your Bibles open, and hopefully we'll see you next week.